0: This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I am Reverend Jay Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Today, we're continuing our introduction to biblical thought. We are now moving from the First Testament, or the Old Testament, into the New Testament, beginning with the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament Bible, and it has been considered and referred to as the procedure manual for the church. Now, I must remind you that this is an introductory level discussion that aims to provide insight to to the gospel, according to Matthew. Now, for someone who has never read or has little acquaintance with the gospel This is for you. I want to let you know what you can find in this book. I want to let you know what you can expect. I'm not going to do a line-by-line theological analysis. I just want to tell you what's in the book. And my prayer is that you benefit in some way uh, from this introductory discussion. And I would ask that you please remember to visit the website, www www.rev.jstuartglover.com where you can contact me directly through email and voicemail. Uh, You can register to be a guest on the show. And you can also leave um, your comments on the episodes as well as comment on the blog posts. So let, let us begin. Let us get started. The gospel, according to Matthew, has as its theme revealing Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as the Messiah. The writer's audience was primarily steeped in Jewish culture and religion, new converts to the Christian faith. The New Oxford Annotated Bible, the New Revised Standard Division Version, declares that Matthew Gospel was the most frequently employed by the early church. Why? Because its arrangement of the teachings of Jesus into five discourses that included the Sermon on the Mount made it easy to use for the instruction of recent converts. The Gospel of Matthew's inclusion of the birth narrative of Jesus, the ministry The death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus offers the reader with a a comprehensive biographical shape to the life of Jesus as he walked the earth. So now it is in the very first chapter of the book of Matthew that we have an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. This genealogical tracking goes back to Abraham and leads us to the birth of Jesus. And as the first chapter continues to describe the birth narrative of Jesus, it explains that the mother of Jesus, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph. And before they were actually married, she was found to be with child. She was pregnant. The Bible says she was with child from the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that her husband Joseph was is, is described as being a righteous man and unwilling to her to expose her to public disgrace and he planned to dismiss her quietly. And if you're asking yourself the question why would he do that? Well, they weren't married. And they had not known each other intimately and Mary is now carrying a child. Joseph was taken back by this unexpected pregnancy and he was ready, as the Bible says, to dismiss her quietly. But the Bible continues to inform us that when he had resolved to do so, that an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He will be your son and you are to name him Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Then this gospel according to Matthew quotes the words of the prophet and says look, The the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call, they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So in in the writings of Matthew so far, we see the connection in the genealogical tracing back to Abraham. And now we have seen the, the birth of Jesus announced according to the in-fulfillment of the prophet's words, the prophet Isaiah. So for a, a Jewish audience, Jewish converts to Christianity, what the writer is doing is proving the fulfillment of the Jewish messianic expectations of the Messiah being fulfilled in Jesus the Christ. Now, The appearance of the angel, the words of the angel to Joseph assured him of this divine intervention. And Joseph decided not to leave Mary and he married her. Now, as all this was going on, there was a king who was unhappy to hear from wise men that a child would be born to be king of the Jews and a great ruler. The king was so unhappy that he ordered people to search for this child, a search to be conducted, and upon finding him, they would kill him. So Mary and Joseph fled into Egypt to escape this danger presented by the king. And then when the king finally died, they went to Israel. At this point, in the Gospel of Matthew, in the third chapter, we find an introduction to John the Baptist, who appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The Bible tells us that John was an unusual character whose clothes were a little different. He wore clothing made from camel hair and and a leather belt around his waist and his food was locust and wild honey. Now this John the Baptist was attracting crowds of people in it, and he would baptize them in the River Jordan as they confessed their sins. But John also spoke of one who was coming that was more powerful than he, and he was talking about Jesus. So Jesus showed up at one of John's baptizing sessions at the River Jordan. And it was there that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And the Bible tells us that suddenly the the heavens were opened up and, and the spirit of God was descending like a dove and landed on Jesus. And there was a voice from heaven that said, This is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Well, I want to remind you that I've done a great deal of summarizing, but I just want to let you know what to expect if you pick up this gospel of Matthew at an introductory level. So we're already up to chapter four. And this is where we find that Jesus is now being led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Bible says he he fasted for 40 days and Forty nights, and afterwards he was very hungry and tired. But the, the tempter came to him with a series of tests, and, and Jesus rejected these temptations at every instance, and finally telling Satan, away with you, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil left him at this point in the story. And towards the closing of the fourth chapter is where we find Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee and he sees two brothers, Simon and Andrew, casting their nets into the sea. And he says to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately the Bible says that they left their nets and they followed him immediately so now we are at the point in the story in the ministry of Jesus where Jesus is beginning to gather his disciples and they follow him this is certainly the beginning of the ministry of Jesus where he goes throughout Galilee teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom He was curing the sick and every disease among the people. And all of this, because all of his activity, he was being recognized throughout the region. And people, so much so that people began to bring the sick to him. People with with all sorts of sickness, disease, mental illness, physical illness. Great crowds began to follow Jesus and we get to this great fifth chapter. I call it this great fifth chapter because it is where we find what is often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. As a matter of fact, chapters five, six, and seven continue with the teachings of Jesus. So now, I don't know what you heard about Jesus or if you've never even read the Bible, but if you had the notion to investigate. If it's the teachings of Jesus that you're looking for, the Gospel of Matthew chapter five, six, and seven is a great place to look. And you will find why it's called and referred to as the instruction manual of the church. We need to understand that at the time that this is written, it was the early church. Maybe 30, 40 years after Jesus died, this was written to an early church. So what I'm getting at is that the church was early in its formation and this book was helpful and used to get, uh, used to to draw from the teachings of Jesus to get the church to figure out what they should look like, what they should do and what what their, their practice should be. how they should follow Jesus from his teachings in these chapters. Then the the glorious eighth chapter begins with Jesus, his healing ministry. Jesus heals a leper. Now in chapters five, six, and seven, he was doing a lot of teaching. And now in chapter eight, he's doing a lot of healing. Jesus, it starts out with Jesus healing a leper. Lepers were ostracized from the rest of the community. They were declared unclean by the priest and they weren't allowed to touch anyone or to be in close proximity to anyone. They were the outcast, the unwanted, the undesirables. But in this story, Jesus heals a leper and restores him to wholeness. And after this another man comes to Jesus and says that his servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible distress and Jesus heals this man's servant. These two instances of healing are followed by another. Peter's mother, mother mother-in-law was laying in the bed with a fever and he touched her hand and the fever left and she got up and began to serve him. That evening, the story continues, many were brought to him who were were with a diversity in in issues, okay? They were possessed with demons, they were sick. And all of these healings certainly got the people's attention and they demonstrated the power of God through his son, Jesus. The healings also demonstrate the will, the purpose, the, the will of God in action that we be healed spiritually as well. The Bible goes on and continues to tell us of Jesus' healing people. We are seeing and hearing and reading of this great healing ministry of Jesus in action. In the next chapter, These healings continue and we find that the the teaching and the healings and the feeding of the poor, all of this ministry of Jesus begins to disturb the religious leaders during that time. They were so disturbed, they were threatened that they began to question Jesus and his followers with questions like, why is he sitting with these ordinary people that, that are considered as sinners? They asked his his followers why does he sit and eat with tax collectors and sinners that are despised? And Jesus declared that he came to call not the righteous but the the sick, not the well but those who are sick. So there are more stories of Jesus's healing ministry in action his teaching, ministry in action. So now, so far we have seen in this gospel of Matthew, the genealogical tracking, tracing of Jesus all the way back to Abraham. We saw the birth narrative. And you know, that birth narrative reminds me of, of when, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament and when we did the book of Exodus, how God heard the suffering of his people. And he said, I've heard my people and I've come down to rescue them. Well, now God comes down again in the person of Jesus the Christ. We call this the the incarnation. So yes, so we saw the birth narrative. We saw the, the baptism of Jesus. We saw Jesus tempted in the desert. Then you heard me talk briefly that we can find in this gospel of Matthew, Jesus calling his disciples. Jesus was being accused of false teaching by the religious leaders of the day. You heard me say that. They questioned his authority and his interpretation of the Jewish law and the scripture. They considered his teachings false, they considered him to be a false prophet, they considered his teachings a blasphemy and that he was in fact a heretic. So as we continue to explore the contents of this Gospel of Matthew, we encounter a series of miracle stories. Jesus, the healing of the sick and his great teaching ministry. So again, if you want to get a close look at the ministry of Jesus. This is a wonderful book to read so that you can come to know for yourself what it was that Jesus actually did. It's one thing for people to tell you about Jesus, and it's sometimes not good to draw all your conclusions based on what someone else has told you. I say that it's good to know for yourself. I mean, the, one of the Motivations for me doing this series is that people often make judgments about God, about the church, based on what they see people do, people that claim to be people of faith, people who identify as being Christians but yet act kind of strange, um, inconsistent with what we would expect, how we would expect Christians to behave and act and do things in this world. So people see all of that. They see the hypocrisy and they draw conclusions about God. And they estranged themselves from God because of what they see people doing, as opposed to them encountering the living God through his story, through the word that was given through the hands of men for us to receive the revelation of God. His self-disclosure towards us comes through his story. So yeah, if you want to get a closer look for yourself, we can come to the, the gospel of Matthew and read all about the ministry of Jesus. And you can get to see for yourself. Jesus, through the teachings of Jesus, he, he, what he did was he shed a new light on the teachings of the Old Testament. And his teachings would now Embrace love at the very core of the teachings. Now, after a great ministry of teaching and healing and miracles and gaining followers, great numbers of people, again, the the religious leaders of the day, they felt threatened and they wanted to kill Jesus. They resorted to violence to rid them of this problem of Jesus. So this is what happened as the Jewish people gathered every year to celebrate Passover, which was the the celebration of God calling his people out of Egypt. Jesus celebrated this Passover meal with his disciples. And it, it was this meal that has come to be known to us as the Lord's Supper. It was at this meal that Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after praying, after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for me, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins of men. After they finished the meal, they sang a hymn and they went out to the the Mount of Olives. And it was there that Jesus prayed in the garden. His disciples fell asleep. But Jesus was so deeply grieved that he went off to pray by himself. Shortly afterwards, Jesus was arrested. You can can find this account of the Last Supper in the 26th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. You can also find his arrest in the 26th chapter. What happens after his arrest? Well, he was arrested. He was beaten up all night long. He was questioned, interrogated, Put on trial and, and found guilty in the hearts and minds of men, religious leaders. He was eventually led to a hilltop called Calvary. He was nailed to a cross. They laid him down on the, the cross on the ground, nailed him to it, and lifted the cross up. They hung him high on this cross. They stretched his arms wide. And now we see Jesus hanging on a cross and even at the even while he hung on the cross he cried out for forgiveness for those who were doing this but the good news for those in the Christian tradition of faith we know that the story does not end there yes Jesus died on the cross but the story continues with in the Gospel of Matthew with Mary Magdalene going to the tomb where Jesus was buried. And when she arrives, an angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, do not be afraid. I I know that you're looking for Jesus that was crucified, but, but he's not here. He's been raised like he said he would. Now come and see the place where he lay and then go quickly And tell his disciples that he has been raised from the dead. So Mary, I can can just imagine her excitement. She left quickly. Now, she was the first to report to the other disciples that the Lord had risen. Because he appeared to her and she saw him. After she left the tomb, Christ appeared to her. So now this... The end of this chapter concludes with what is referred to as the Great Commission, where Jesus says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy and the, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age." This is how the first gospel ends. Now, what a blessed assurance that God is with us always. Always. Even when we don't feel like it. So here's the thing. Now, I've just done an introductory uh, level scanning of the gospel of Matthew. I didn't get into any heavy theological um, interpretations. I just told you what you may expect to find in the Gospel of Matthew. And I would encourage you to look into this story so that you can learn for yourself as opposed to hearing it secondhand from other people. People who may not even be trained to present the Gospel in the fullness of its spirit. So you may be hearing something from somebody that is actually inconsistent with the word of God. And then when you look at at the things that people are doing in this world, we are certainly um, justified in our, sometimes we're justified in in, um, not accepting what is going on as being representative of uh, people who identify as Christian believers. Just don't match up. So read it for yourself get to know Jesus through his story. Once again, I'd encourage you to visit the website, www.revystuartglover.com. There you can make comments on these episodes. You can sign up as a register, as a a guest on the show. You can leave your comments. You can uh, directly reach me through email, or you can even leave a voicemail on the website, I want to I thank the, the people in Dublin, Ireland who have um, consistently had an ear open to this website and the Philippines and Singapore um, and other places around the world and, and the United States as well. I just want to thank you for, for having a listening ear. My prayer is that you benefit somehow. God bless you. I will see you again or hear from you again uh, next week at the same time. God bless you.